All right. Hey, Brian. Hey, Mickey. Brian. How you doing, buddy? What is that on your coffee mug? On my coffee mug? Oh, that's that's a version of Stitch. <gasps> From Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, it's a mug I got at Disneyland, I think. Wait, is there something in the coffee mug, too? That would be coffee. No, I meant there's another image in the coffee mug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, there is. So, but you're drinking it wrong because when you're the way you were drinking it, you wouldn't see the image if you, when you pick the mug up. So you should turn the mug around and drink from the other side. So then that way you see Stitch looking at you while you're drinking your coffee. So is this the new level where we've gone for DevOps already at episode three, which is my coffee cup? I just thought it was interesting. I did notice that you've just completely ignored my instructions and still drank the coffee the way you wanted to drink the coffee. Well, that's because of positions of my hands and what they're doing. Hi, everybody. Welcome to DevOps FM, a new podcast devoted to all things DevOps. This is episode three, take two, a news show. I'm Mickey Gousset, a DevOps architect with Microsoft, and with me is... I'm Brian Randall, an uh, independent consultant with MCW Technologies. And my best friend. You're way too generous with that. You know that. So it is a Sunday morning. It is two hours earlier for Brian than it is for me. And this is the second or third time we have tried to record this show over the past two weeks. Yes, we've... Uh... Folks, we've just had both some uh, personal difficulties of finding schedules that worked. But more importantly, we actually recorded an entire show and had production snafus. Yes, we are technical people. We do provide tech support to our families, which means, therefore, we should be able to solve any particular issue that we run into. However, when, at the end of the day, one of your audio files is missing 24 seconds of audio, but the other one is not, that one was a little bit hard to overcome. And so it sounds like I think Eddie, you're, Eddie, <laughs> you have a new name now. <laughs> Mickey, you were trying to edit this particular episode. <laughs> it's early, folks. I'm completely done. I'm done. This is, it's all over. Okay, so what were you trying to say? So yes, I was trying to edit the episode, and I couldn't get it to edit. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> Brian, at least, is getting away from his microphone before he laughs. Okay, so yes, I had issues editing, but we're back, and we're going to try again. And we're going to try to get back on our regular schedule, which I guess after giving out two episodes, means we have a regular schedule. Well, yeah, well, we're going to do our best to try, considering we're now in November and the holidays are coming. And, oh, Lord, help us. So, Brian, before we get into some of the news that is probably really old news, but we're still going to cover anyway since we've not been able to record it yet, what have you been up to? Uh, I spent the month of October doing a lot of traveling. So I did two fantastic DevOps events with the Red Gates folks, the Red Gates, 
Red Gate, not Red Gates. <laughs> the Red Gates. <laughs> the Red Gates. That sounds like a new band. Um, I uh, did two DevOps events uh, talking about compliant database DevOps with the folks from Red Gate in New York City and Chicago. And that was wonderful. Love hanging out with them. Lots of smart, wonderful people there. Great attendees. I also, uh, well, beginning of the month, you and I were in uh, San Diego together at Visual Studio Live. And that was a lot of fun. And the beginning of the month, I was in Amsterdam for Techorama. Um, technically, it was outside Amsterdam, but uh, I was in the country of the Netherlands. So I've been very busy, lots of traveling. And in fact, at the rate I am tracking, looking at the f- flights that I have finally booked for the rest of the year, on my last flight of the year coming home uh, from f- vacation, at least, which will be nice, I'm going to crack 2 million butt in seat miles on United Airlines. That's insane. There, That's a lot. There is something wrong about that in some ways, um, but yeah. So do they give you a pretty little like card or something for hitting 2 million miles? Well, it's been interesting because all the airlines do something. Uh, let's rephrase this. All the major U.S. carriers do something. But over the years, there's been ups and downs, as you know, in air travel and what they do. It looks like, though, they've gotten a little nicer. So my understanding, talking to a friend of mine who passed it uh, a couple of years ago, as well as another friend who made a million miles. So I've been a million miler for a while, obviously, if I'm at almost two million. For one million, I really didn't get much. My card says it on. That's about it. However, my friend who just made one million recently got a little plaque with his award. So I might get a plaque. My understanding is I get to a choice of some fairly nice gifts and then the big thing for United will be I'm platinum for life, which is their, um, you know, fairly reasonable level. It's 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 equivalent to flying seventy five thousand miles a year, and I get that for life without having to fly, and I get all the benefits. And probably the biggest one is free bags, you know, and getting to board early. <laughs> but um, the next level I really don't want to hit because the next level requires three million miles, and you know, it's just that's crazy town. That's what I was going to ask. Do you think you'll hit 3 million miles, Brian? Well, you know, it's a weird thing. If I don't stop doing what I'm doing for a living right now, I think it's going to happen. It's not something I'm going to set out to do, but I could see it happening before I was 60. Uh, on the other hand, I really don't want to because I've been spending enough time in the tubes. And of course, the problem with this, this is just on United Aircraft. This is a, a very specialized s- setup in that they limit where you can get it. So for example, over the years, I've flown United Partners in the Star Alliance. I've flown Lufthansa, for example, to Germany um, and to other parts of the world. I've flown them actually to India, in fact. I've flown Singapore Airlines. I've flown um, Thai Airlines. Um, Air New Zealand, I've flown from Los Angeles to Auckland and back. All those miles for those trips did not count against this. So if you take my total lifetime miles I've flown on all the airlines, mm-hmm. I'm easily at like 2.5 million, maybe as much as 3 million when, they, when you add them all up because like Alaska Airlines, I primarily fly them when I go to see up to Microsoft because I can fly to my local close airport. And so the the glamorous life of the consultant means that my bud has seen way too many uh, airline seats, and a lot of them have been the crappy uh, economy seats, and my big frame is not fit very well there. <laughs> well, my October has been surprisingly not so busy travel. You know, I had a huge... Um, August and September, where I was traveling almost every week, but my October kind of slowed down, and I really don't start picking back up till about the middle of November. So about the time this podcast comes out, I'll, I'll start picking back up, which has been good though because I've been home to help out with 
um, a couple of things that we had going on uh, personal wise with my mom. And I've also been working on some cool uh, YAML build stuff. So whenever we get around to talking about build pipelines and things like that, I'll have some some YAML build tips and tricks to oh share fantastic with so good i can pick your brain and you can you can yamify my brain because what's funny about yaml which stands for yet another markup language is that it's quite pervasive in the DevOps space for example the major place that i've been using it lately is of course working with docker and kubernetes um so it's a very common way to do it and one of the great things about yaml in the context of azure devops pipelines for both build and for release now is that by storing the build or release definition as a text file, you can put it into a particular branch in your Git repo and you can basically branch your definitions based upon uh, that particular branch you're working on, which provides some interesting scenarios. Yes, it does. And I've been submitting to some conferences too. So I've submitted to Codestock, which is a conference over here in Knoxville, Tennessee, near me. I've submitted to uh, Technorama Belgium, which I also sent you the link for, Brian. And that's, and and that's a in couple May of, of 2019, yes? That is indeed in May well, of 2019. did you see what should have come in your email last couple of days? So Visual Studio Live is a conference I'm a co-chair for, and we recently released the CFP, which is a call for papers. In other words, a call for submissions for three shows coming up in 2019. So if you think you've got what it takes to present in public and get paid to do it, you can submit. We'll put the link in the show notes. But Mickey, the three shows are New Orleans, Boston, and Redmond in 2019. Oh, rock on. Those will be awesome shows. I do not have that email, but I will look for the link in the show notes because I would definitely like to submit. And you should. So let's talk a little news, Brian, because for those of you that don't know, let me pull back the curtain just a little bit. Brian and I, believe it or not, do not keep all of this stuff in our head. Instead, we have a OneNote that we use. So if we go back to the OneNote where I threw some news items into it when we were originally going to record this show six weeks ago, We've got some news items that we can potentially talk about. So let's see if we can talk about some news, well, Brian. What's in there that was interesting? I mean, so if we if we go the Wayback Machine right this month, we were going to record episode three right after Ignite. <laughs> so in that period, quite a bit has happened. Now, before we get to the past news, let's talk about the upcoming news. This week, obviously, we have a huge set of political news that we'll stay away from because we have no idea what's going to happen, but there's voting that should occur. And I don't care what your party affiliation is or what you think. I just want you all to vote because I think that's the biggest tragedy in the United States is the the apathy and not voting at all. But moving beyond that, for the database person in me, uh, there's a big event happening in Seattle, which is PASS, which is a professional SQL Server Association. And Knowing how important it is to Microsoft and having spent some time with some folks from Microsoft at the Redgate events, I know that a hot topic will be SQL Server 2019 or SQL Server 2019, depending on how I like to pronounce it. And uh, hopefully we'll be getting another preview release of that. So maybe that'll be something we can add to the show notes by the time we get this thing published. But Pass is coming up this week, and then you and I will be together in Orlando for Live 360 and we are working, producing, or excuse me, producing, presenting 
and delivering a workshop on how to build a Microsoft.NET bot in a day. So we'll include in the show notes a link to the conference in case you want to come on down. I still have a discount code that can be applied as well, save you a little bit of money. So come down to see Mickey and I the 2nd of December. So for me, A, I'm looking forward to um, the bot workshop because bots just keeps changing every year. So I'm always excited to see the, the, the new stuff that I make Brian figure out how to work. And then I can just, you know, play with the You're laugh. such a giver that way. So I, I am a giver that way. But I am. One of the news stories that I, I wanted to bring up was a blog post by Renee, whose last name I still can't pronounce. We had this problem when we recorded the episode that shall be lost forever in time, but I can't pronounce Renee's last name. I should be able to pronounce his name because he does a great rugged DevOps talk that I've been wanting to see. Well, you know, what's, what's funny about that is there's a good chance Renee will be in VS Live Las Vegas in 2019 delivering his rugged DevOps talk. So maybe Mickey could be at that show and you would be able to see it in person uh-huh. you know just i'm just throwing that out there by the way any of you listening i will also post a link for visual studio live 2019 las vegas with a discount code as well if you're interested in coming down to las vegas awesome but renee has a blog post he put out where he talked about where to start with devops metrics Ooh. and i've always been kind of a metric guy and you know one thing i like about this post is it talks about it's not it's not necessarily um azure devops specific but it's just DevOps general. These are the different types of metrics you might care about when building software. These are the things a product owner cares about. These are the things a development team may care about. Everyone has different metrics for determining, you know, are things working well for them and are, are things working well in general? So it's, it's just a great blog post with a lot of different links and a lot of different questions to consider asking. So I highly recommend that you give it a look. And I think that's one of the key points. You know, obviously we've pointed out we have a bias towards the Microsoft tool stack and Azure DevOps and Team Foundation Server. But a lot of us in the space have been working really hard to focus on that people and process thing first. And then yes, great products can definitely help and can be a linchpin ultimately to success. But if you don't have that mental buy-in and organizational willingness to change, uh, you're not going to be successful. So I think that's a a great uh, blog post by Renee as well. I got another one, but I'll let you go first if you want, Brian. Oh, no, go ahead. So another one that I just thought was cool, which you could argue whether it involves DevOps or not, but I think it does, is a blog post on the Visual Studio blog about breakpoints. Now, I have always been fascinated with breakpoints. And I thought you actually had a talk on breakpoints at some point in the past. I didn't do a talk on specifically on breakpoints. I did a talk on getting the most out of Visual Studio uh, features for uh, debugging. And I think the the piece of resistance at the time was talking about IntelliTrace, right? But I wanted to show all the things that were in the basic versions and the things that developers often ignore, right? They forget about. I mean, most developers know about F9, right? That's about it, you know, placing a breakpoint. But as I'm sure you found uh, from this blog post, and if you, especially in the latest versions of Visual Studio, they've made it even richer, but all the great things you can do around conditional breakpoints, et cetera. Oh, yeah, it's insane. You can break a loop at a certain place. You can, I mean, be able to see certain values. It's crazy. 
So I, I think if you if you live and breathe Visual Studio, you definitely deserve um, to make sure you're using breakpoints to the most efficient manner you can. So definitely another article that I would check out. We'll have, I've linked to all these articles in the show notes, obviously. Yeah, another thing that came out last month was the navigation update for Azure DevOps. So if you've used Azure DevOps or when it was VSTS, you'll note that the user interface has been evolving. And in June of this year, Microsoft opened the kimono and previewed the new user experience that they're promoting for the web-based interface. Um, and what Microsoft announced this month, and we'll have the link in the show notes, is that that interface is now the new default if you created a new Azure DevOps account. And they're planning on, barring any major issues, the first year it's going to go live and it's going to be the only user interface. And so what that means for you is if you aren't using the new user experience, you need to turn it on because now's your chance to provide feedback. Otherwise, you're going to have to suck it up and live it, live it, excuse me, you have to suck it up and use it the way it is. The other thing that hey, wait, 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 stop it. I have I have more okay. to give. I'm giving more. Okay, the other thing away. that happened in between the time that we did our failed recording of the show and this one now is that in the current rollout that's out there, you can now turn on the dark theme. Or dark theme, if you prefer. Excellent. What I was going to interrupt you, though, is to say that you've got to get your Southern colloquialisms right. And it's suck it up, buttercup. Suck it up, buttercup, really. Okay. So, But we'll talk about that more at the end of the All show. Right. Have you tried the dark theme, by the way? Because I usually use dark theme on almost all my applications, but I have not tried it on the, the Visual Studio Yes, because yet. of the way the rollout occurs, the way they do a ring-based rollout, um, some of my accounts have it, some don't. Um, so I did play with it for a while. Let me check, in fact. I'm going to go over to my main account while we're talking and see if I can turn it on. So you keep talking now. Okay. Now, I will say that I came on started working in Microsoft back in June and about the time when, when we started having access to the new navigation. And I kind of really like it compared to the old, the old navigation. I find it actually a little more intuitive and just a little easier to find some of the things I need to work with as I've started ramping myself up more and more on the product. Yeah. So Brian, looks well, like he's still so looking. this is the problem I went to, I have two, accounts in particular that um, I have my personal one and I have my work one. Um, and then, of course, I've got a bunch of different testing ones and presenting ones, et cetera. But looking at my main work one and looking at my main personal one, neither has the new theme yet. So I can't turn it on yet. However, one of my testing accounts that I have that is in one of the um, places that gets updated the quickest um, I do have it, so I have been playing with it and showing it in my talks the last few days. But And if you follow Buck Hodges on Twitter, TFS Buck, I believe he actually put out a tweet that had a screenshot that showed the... Yeah, we'll also put a link interface. to the release notes. If there's uh, information in the release notes where they talk about it as well. Awesome, awesome. So I have another one. Again, I like to pick... Um, blog posts of people whose name I what can't pronounce. What is your pronounce. problem there, dude? Is this, a, is this a Mickey problem? I don't know. It is a Mickey problem, mostly because people can't ever pronounce my last name. But you know Colin, don't you? Can you pronounce Zabrowski? Colin's last name? 
Sure, we'll go with that. Colin, if that's not how we pronounce your last name, um, please feel free to correct I think at some point we might have to do a show with guests because we can then get people like that and have them say their names for us. And that's exactly what we will do. And then anytime we want to reference their blog material, we'll just cut we'll just cut in the audio of them saying Dabrowski. their name. But anyway, he has a he has a corner.com website, which is a great um website on as he calls it, all things DevOps and oh, he still uses VSTS. But he has a a lot of he usually does really long form posts with a lot of good information and he posted one about doing serverless parallel selenium grid testing with vsts and azure container instances now i'm gonna admit that this might have made my head hurt just a little bit but it's a very detailed account on how to make use of of azure container instances and vsts and selenium and it's just if you're into any of that stuff, you owe it to yourself to to pour through this as as in as much detail as you would like. Yeah, Colin is uh, quite the uh, well. He's an engineer. He's really good at at, at breaking into things and then and describing the results of his experiments. The other thing is he's uh, quite the 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 barbecue. Uh, he comes from South Africa and he uh, we're friends on Facebook and he posts these pictures. He does it on on Twitter as well. Of uh, these barbecue wonders he makes, and it just he just makes me hungry all the time. So, uh, oh, it's insane the way he cooks. It's insane. I thought I could barbecue being a southern boy, and it's insane. Makes me hungry. So, what else we got on the news list? Um, Pick one more, Brian. Well, we had tons of announcements from Ignite, including goodbye for Skype for Business. Microsoft Teams is going to be taking over there. Um, and sadly, I don't think there's many people that are going to cry about losing Skype for business because it's just been one. It, oh, yeah. Can't say something nice. Don't say it all. Move on. Um, I love Microsoft Teams, though. I really do love it. It is really Microsoft nice. Teams. And it has a dark theme. So there you go. Um, another thing is there were tons of data in uh, machine learning announcements around machine learning, Cosmos DB, and Azure Functions with new preview features. Um, automated database migration service and SQL DB managed instances, um, Azure Stack and SQL Server 2017. And there was even that tweet that came out where you can get Azure Stack in a truck from Mark Rosanovich. So we'll put that in the show notes as well. No, you I, can't I must, have it, Brian. I, I must. For those of you that don't know, Brian comes to the MVP Summit. And at the MVP summit, they put these tables together so we can all sit. And, you know, they're supposed to have about, you know, long tables, have about 10 people at the table. Well, at Brian's table, you can normally only get about three people because Brian's usually sets up his personal data center of at least three laptops, his own wireless, his own little router. His, it's, 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 it's a glory. To now, you hold. guys all pick on me, but the reality is that the MVP summit takes a week of consulting time away from me. And so I use it as to as a time to get caught up on some busy work, installs, updating VMs, et cetera. So yes. Now on that note, we had a post last week on Twitter, uh, with, uh, excuse me, a tweet on Twitter with a follow-up blog post from uh, Jesse, and I'm butcher Jesse's name, Howing, Howing, uh, from the Netherlands. And uh, Jesse was pointing out things he carries when he teaches um, and goes out. And long story short, I've been asked to write a post. So I will be doing a blog post this week that covers my current core set of things I carry. Now that said, I carry less than I used to 
for example, I used to carry a total of five or six machines with me um, for various purposes. Uh, but now with my big laptop, because I have more RAM and more disk space, I don't have to carry as many. That said, I still do run into some limitations by only having, for example, eight cores. My big laptop is a little bit old. I don't have all those new fancy six core laptops yet. So we'll, uh, we'll have to see what happens in the new year. That could be a fun episode, though. We could both unpack our laptop bags oh, that, and see what that could we be can scary because it would be a long episode considering what I carry, but sure. <laughs> well, let me interrupt for a second and say, do you want to be a friend of the show? Do you want to help Brian and Mickey have some pizza to eat while they do this? Or maybe bagels or cinnamon rolls since we're doing it early in the morning? Or even a nice refreshing beverage such as orange juice or mimosas? If you do want to help us, then feel free to email us at the show at devops.fm or even just send us a tweet and we'll be happy to hook you up with some, you know, information on how you could advertise on the show, sponsor us. But again, we would love it, you know, if anybody that could feed us because, you know, sometimes we get hungry. You're hilarious. All right, so what's happening in the world of Brian and Mickey? We kind of talked about this already in the beginning. So why don't we jump on to what can't you let go of this week, Mickey? Okay, so what I can't let go of this week is a podcast that I've been listening to called Up and Vanished. And you can find it at upandvanished.com. It's an investigative podcast, I think from Slate. And I'm in season two. I did not listen to season one. But season one investigated the unsolved disappearance of a Georgia beauty queen named Tara Greenstead, which was an 11-year-old unsolved case. And now they have now made an arrest in Tara's case. And it looks like the guy may end up getting convicted. So now they are doing season two, which is about the dis disappearance of Crystal Resinger in Colorado. And we are now caught up with current events. So as they release a new episode every two weeks, it's what's happened over the past two weeks trying to determine who may have murdered Crystal Resinger. So it's just, it's, it's, I check my feed every day just to see if that podcast is there. What about you, Brian? Well, uh, you know, I'm still uh, trying to get more sleep. I, I find that uh, a, a great pastime. But uh, the, the big thing I've been listening to um, music-wise is, is something uh, – that I got turned on to this summer. It's Volbeat. Uh, they're a band out of Denmark. Um, they kind of mix hard rock, heavy metal with a, a little bit of rockabilly. And so we'll put the band's uh, website in the links. And specifically, there's two things I'm uh, listening to their newest album, which is called Seal the Deal and Let's Boogie, which is great. As well as I've got a playlist on Spotify that the, the band set up. In fact, they added a new song to it the other day a live recording of a track off of the new album, uh, The Devil's Bleeding Crown. And then the other funny thing that happened is because it is now November um, and we're starting tracking into the holidays, I made myself a new Christmas playlist. And so that was a lot of fun. So I've been listening to Christmas music as well. So those are the big ones. You need to share your Spotify playlist with me, Brian. Oh, you know that? I tend to keep my... my all my little things I'm into private, but you know, Mickey, for you, I might do that. So we'll have to share our playlist. I think we could do that. All right. Okay. Well, we appreciate everyone sticking through us, especially through the three minutes of laughter that is at the beginning of this show that I'm not editing out to Brian's chagrin. But <laughs> you if really you need find... to. Nope. 
But if you want to find out more about us, specifically me, you can find more about me at MickeyGousset.com or on Twitter at at Mickey underscore Gousset. That's probably the best way to, to get in touch with me. Or you can send me an email at Mickey.Gousset at Microsoft.com. Pretty much any way you want to try to find me electronically, you can find me. What about you, Brian? Well, you can find me on Google, uh, Brian Randall. You can get me on Twitter, at Brian Randall. And you can also get me at Brian R at mcwtech.com. Um, otherwise, uh, once again, I'm pretty easy to find. And we've got more about the show. You can obviously the website, devops.fm. You can find us on Twitter at, at devops.fm. Email the show at devops.fm. We would love some feedback via Twitter or email. If you've got a question, a comment, or anything about DevOps, send that to us and I will read it on the show. All right, Mickey. Well, look, uh, we got this done on a Sunday morning. Hopefully, we'll have a better experience editing this puppy dog, and we'll get it up this week, right? That's the plan. So thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye. Three, two, one. It's the after party! Yay! Yay! You really need to get out more. Well, you really need to turn your mug around and drink from the right side of the mug. God, You're you supposed to be able to see Stitch's face <sighs> on the inside when you tilt it up. See, doesn't that make it a better experience? It, it, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's amazing how that works. The problem is that doesn't work from the way I reach for my coffee cup because I use my left hand to get my coffee cup because it's on the left side of my desk on the other side of the speaker that's in the middle. And if I want water, I can reach with my <laughs> right hand. Okay? So... Everyone, if you decide to break into Brian Randall's house, you'll know that he keeps his water on the right side of the desk and his coffee on the left. Yeah, so so make sure you don't screw it up and upset me. Oh, I got news. I got news. So my first audiobook for Audible.com should be released in about a week. Okay, but my guess is this is not you reading what you wrote. No, it's no I'm reading someone else's book. I'm reading a book. Um... Just give it a chance. It's about how 19th century seed and <laughs> magazine um, seed and magazine writers influenced the fact that we all have English-style gardens in America. It is a nonfiction book. It is about 10 hours. Oh, my God. But I am very excited to have my, to have my first book out. So... Um, once it actually comes out, whatever show it actually comes out and is available, we'll put a link in the show notes for. But I'm super excited about that. Well, that's fantastic. Um, you know, you you know, it's not always obvious by Mickey and I's uh, lovely professional presentation as we talk on this podcast, but he does have quite the the voice for for speaking and for singing. Uh, if you don't know that, he is quite the thespian and uh, stagehound. So, uh, some point we'll have to get some video of Mickey performing live. That is possible. Actually, there is a, if you go to uh, youtube.com slash Mickey Gousset, you can actually find a, a link to some of my singing. So one thing we have to consider if we ever get on the, on the practices, we can do what I've seen people like Paul Thoreau and some of the other folks do in that they record video of their podcast as well. Oh yes. Well, I'm thinking what we'll do is we'll start doing this on Twitch. We'll start doing it on Twitch TV because Twitch will record it for us automatically. And then, of course, we can have people that can be on the in the in the chat room talking to us while we record. And 
then it could just be all kinds of fun. Well, the other thing to do is we could do DevOps.fm the way we're doing it, and then we could do DevOps.tv, so we could do something like that. There you go. Now, that could be. Now, let me tell you real quick, though. So, my Southern colloquialism was, you know, suck it up, buttercup. Okay. So, I've got a lot of different Southern colloquialisms that we use, but you made a comment in the Lost Show about the, the, the buttercup being part, or suck it up being Buttercup or something being from some show that oh, you Oh, no, watched. no. The, it's it's from the Big Bang Theory. So there's these three phrases. In this one episode, Sheldon would go to Penny's door. And if you don't know this, you don't care. But if you've watched the show, right, Sheldon has this thing. He goes and he'll knock on the door. Knock, knock, Penny. Knock, knock, Penny. Knock, knock, Penny. And so he'd do it and she'd open it and she'd say, uh, what's up, Buttercup? And then she did, what's shaking bacon? And then what's the word, hummingbird? So I tend to use those. And I use them a little too much to where my son finds it humorous to do it to me. What's up, Buttercup? So uh, he's uh, having fun with that. Well, I can confirm that Brian does use what's the word hummingbird a lot. But I still like him. And on that bombshell, you have a great day, Mickey. Bye, everybody. Now it's time for the set. No, I'm just kidding. Bye, everybody.